Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The LSU Fighting Tigers on the road on the Plains, taking on Auburn, 6 o'clock kickoff. Right here on WWL, Bobby Bear, Mike Dettelier, Christian Garrick. We welcome in now Brian Matthews, covers Auburn sports for Rivals.com. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, how you guys doing? Always good to get in talk a little SEC football with you two. All right, Brian, thank you for coming on. Brian, um, is Coach Harson's job on the line if they lose, especially with LSU favored by nine, if LSU wins by ten, is he gone? Probably, you know. I think his game is. I mean, I think his job is on the line just about every week, right? I think it's just a matter of waiting for the right time, and um, you know that axe is probably going to fall. If not this week, then uh, certainly next week at uh, Georgia. And one, that's, that's going to be uh, probably uh, you know blood in the water type game. Brian, this is almost like you're hearing the tick tock of a clock. I mean, you know, eventually, you know, yeah. the alarm's going to go off, and, and he's out of there. But in watching him, you know what's perplexing. I mean, you got one of the best players in the SEC in, in Tank Bigsby at running back. Okay, you feed it to him in the first half, and all of a sudden you unplug him. Uh, I don't understand what that's all about because here you got a really good football player at running back. And keep feeding him the football. And yet they've unplugged him at different times during games. And if you look at Auburn, he's the best player they got. You know, on the especially on the offensive side, there ain't even a question about about it. How much questioning is play calling? Everything about what's happening at Auburn, but in particularly with Bigsby, because I think, listen, it, uh, I got a three year old granddaughter that can figure out that guy can play. Yeah, well, you know, he had uh, I think it was seven yards for eight carries in the second half of that game. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> I mean, God, God. he is Auburn's by far best player on offense. Uh, the problem is um, they don't have a scheme really that fits him, and they cannot block for him at all. Gracious. I mean, he averaged 2.3 yards per carry. That's embarrassing for a back of his caliber, right? I mean, he, he has the potential to play in the NFL, right? No question. Uh, there's no reason that he should have 19 carries for 44 yards against a Missouri defense that's, you know, bang on average. So that's just a real real indication of all the problems Auburn has on offense. It's, it's in the execution, but more so it's in uh, the plan, um, you know, the, the, the game planning, the, the um, motivation, uh, the talent on the offensive line and the quarterback. You know, there's just a lot of different things holding back that offense right now. Now, uh, Brian, with all the games you've witnessed, uh, the, when you look at this Auburn team and, and the games you've witnessed in Jordan-Harris Stadium, how disappointing as far as the fan base, uh, were they just told, like, this is ridiculous, uh, this is embarrassing. When Penn State came to town and you give up 41 points and basically 500 total yards, was that something yeah. like, like what? I mean, it's like, uh, it's, it's like almost 
You know, we like a one double A team trying to play like Division One or something. They had to be totally discouraged. And have you witnessed that type of game in a while? I I'm trying to think. This might be one of the poorest Ars, uh, Auburn teams in two decades. Yeah, uh, it, it could be. It could very well could be. You know, the 2012 team went um, winless in the SEC. Okay, but it was still competitive in some games. Um, and, and you look at Auburn this year. Since really the first quarter of the Penn State game, the atmosphere has been really dead in Jordan Aaron. I, I wouldn't expect it to be, you know, I, you know, fans will be there, they'll cheer, but it's not going to be electric. Um, not, not like the, some of those Jordan Hare uh, nights or, or games between Auburn and LSU that we've witnessed in, in our time. I mean, some great games, uh, yes, you know, right at Jordan Hare at Tiger Stadium. Right, I, I just don't see that happening. In fact, we make our predictions, you know, later this week. I'm going to predict LSU to to blow out Auburn at, at Jordan Hare Stadium. That's how poorly coached and how poorly uh, manned I think this Auburn team is this season. Brian, um, there's a perception outside the Auburn kind of family that there's a lot of interference from influential alumni uh, about how things should be done. There's a lot of pull and tug. Hey, I'll write you that check. I I got some say on what's going on. And how much of that is true? And the other part is – uh, I think people are saying, man, all the money that's being spent in the SEC for coaches, if it's what it took to get Billy Napier from University of Louisiana to to Gainesville, Brian Kelly at LSU to keep Lane Kiffin uh, at Ole Miss, uh, and eventually somebody's going to have to pay Sam Pittman and Josh Heupel a lot more money than what they're making today. Uh, yeah. Do you get the feeling, first of all, how much interference, and is that part of it true? And secondly, I know Auburn's got a lot of money, and they could afford to go out and get a big-name head coach if they wanted to. But is it because of divisions, uh, maybe outside the program? Well, I think, um, and I've been around the block a few times, I think every school has, you know, um, yes. BOT and money guys that, you know, they, they don't always agree on things. I like to meddle and be involved sometimes. I think it's amplified at Auburn because Auburn's not doing well, number one. And number two, just because there's been a history now, and I think it's the easy thing to turn to at Auburn when things don't go right. You know, it's the middle of view. You go back to February, the investigation of Harson, right? The university conducted an investigation with counsel into an allegation on Harson, but the narrative on that turned into, uh, you know, the powers that be at Auburn were, were, were trying to, you know, run a coup behind the scenes to get rid of them. Now, I do think... Um, as the investigation went on and as, you know, people began to put a, you know, a magnification lens on the Auburn program, some powerful people thought he probably needed to go. So maybe that was a part of it. But that's just the way uh, things are viewed at Auburn through that lens. And I, I think it's an easy way to do. Yes, I think Auburn has a problem. I think a lot of schools have that problem. And I also think uh, one of the other problems that Auburn has is, some of those guys don't tend to agree very well, and that makes it difficult yeah. when it comes to hiring and making important coaching decisions. That's why it's really important for Auburn to get, you know, they have a new president starting in May. They're in the process of hiring an ID. They need to get those things accomplished and done and have, have the right people in place to make these moves. Um, but uh, one more thing on that, I'm sorry, but you look at basketball, the Hubbard's Pearl, there's no more issues in that program. That was a no. program that was bombing the SEC for decades. Baseball under Butch Thompson, two um, uh, two College World Series in the last three postseasons. So you can get it done at Auburn, 
Uh, it's just getting the right people in place. Got you. Now, Brian, um, looking at their offense where they're at, and you might say, I guess you could understand that they were playing, I don't know, a rivalry-type game against Alabama. Let's yeah. say Georgia. But playing the Missouri Tigers and that uh, the offense converted just three of 16 third-down attempts and had uh, one drive last longer than seven plays. I mean, it's like uh, Missouri's like, what? I mean, it's not, you know what I mean? It's, it, it, it's, it, it's not – it's not a Missouri defense that's, oh, well, yeah, we're we lucky uh, th- th- to do that. I mean, they, they, that's when you know it's trouble when you don't have that any success against a team like Missouri. It is. And, you know, I have not seen Vanderbilt play a lot, but my guess was walking on that stadium that we watched the 12th and 13th teams in the, in the SEC, you know, playing each other. And uh, I don't know how many people out there actually watched the game, but Auburn was very – very lucky to win that game. <laughs> Ole Miss, I mean, excuse me, Missouri missed a 26-yard chip field goal that was lined up uh, with time expiring regulation to uh, to send it to overtime. Um, Auburn kicked a field goal in overtime on their first possession, only because they missed one. Um, Missouri's offside, offside, they got to re-kick it. Right. And then Missouri gets the ball in overtime, hands it off down the left side. Their running back is running into the end for a touchdown switches hands and just coughs up the ball without contact into the end zone, which Auburn recovers and Auburn wins the game. It was just mistake upon mistake that handed Auburn that win. Brian Matthews covering Auburn uh, sports for Rivals.com. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, Mike. Uh, Brian, uh, there, there's been some rumors out there that, you know, when the eventuality is going to happen with Brian, that uh, one of the guys they may go after would be Deion Sanders. Your thoughts on that? Because I've heard it from a couple different people. One guy I trust quite a bit. The other one, you know, he's he's batting in the twenties. Uh, he's not real good with it. But your thoughts on would Auburn make that move toward Dion? Because it looks as though that maybe it's a little bit more stable at Florida State, and a lot of people thought maybe, hey, listen, if it doesn't work out, that you know. Dion would come walk back to Tallahassee and sort of get that position. Would Auburn go that route toward prime? Yeah, and, and, and Brian, think, along those think. lines, uh, you look at the Atlanta connection, now Georgia Tech, yeah. and, uh, and, and Dion. Uh, Dion's getting uh, a few the names tossed out there when you think, come on, Auburn, Georgia Tech. Dion might finally get paid like a coach, <laughs> right, like he right. got paid as a player. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I will even um, interview him okay. or, or make contact with his representative. That, that's so, what I thought, too. He's a candidate, um, you know, for the Auburn job. I do think an opportunity is going to come for him. But if you look at from Auburn's perspective, Dion has no experience as, you know, assistant or GA or anything coaching on, on, on this level and running a program as big as Auburn where you've got, you know, 40 or 50 assistant coaches and staff members and, you know, you've got all these um, extra duties that you have to do, you know, and then you've got the extra thing of having to compete against all these other great SEC teams. Um, so, no, I, I don't think they're going to take that sort of risk. I, I do think some school that maybe is in a different position, maybe Georgia Tech, you mentioned Atlanta, yep. maybe they're at their point in their program where they want to take that risk, but I, I don't think there's any chance Auburn does that, I think. Um, so you would think more of an experienced well, coach, correct? Yes, I, I do. Or, or, or uh, you know, a hot up-and-coming assistant. You know, I don't think there's any guy out there that you can point to and say, that guy's the perfect fit at Auburn. If Auburn hires here, him, he's going to come in here and win championships. You know, they're not getting Ryan Day or, or um, you know, Nick Saban or those guys. That's not going to happen. 
but there's nobody else available that they're going to get that can do that for 100% certain. So I think John Hartwell from Utah State, there's a chance he could be named AD in the coming weeks possibly, uh, maybe sooner. Um, so I think he'll be uh, put in charge of that coaching search, assuming that Brian Harson is let go here in the next week or two. And then I think that, um, you know, some names I think that will certainly be involved. You freeze is going to be involved in it one way or the other, Ooh. whether he gets a job or not. Um, I think um, Coach Stoops over there at Kentucky will certainly get um, uh, looked at and maybe talk to. We'll see. Um, and, and there's going to be more. There's going to be plenty more out there. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, this is an important search for Auburn. Because yes. I think they're in a situation where I think every Auburn fan out there sees Auburn, a bad Auburn team, but they've seen, you know, a bad Auburn team in, in 2009 or 2008, excuse me, come back to 2010 and win the national championship. A bad Auburn team in 2012 get a new coach, come back in 2013 and play uh, in the BECS National Championship game against Florida State and, and lose on the last play there. So uh, they're expecting that quick um, turnaround. But I'm telling you, uh, this Auburn team has not been you know, staffed well. It's not, the recruiting's not good enough. This team roster in 2023 is going to be worse than it is now. Oh. And you look at the SEC and some teams coming up in the SEC and some teams about to join the SEC. This is a critical critical time period for Auburn. Yeah, you need to get another Cam Newton. Yeah, he, he, he the other soccer. thing, Brian, uh, <laughs> man, I, I, I remember having this conversation with Les Miles, and Coach would always tell me, Mike, when I look at Auburn, they look a lot like us on defense. He said that that's one thing that for a long time, man, that front seven, man, they came to play. and They, they had NFL talent, the speed, yeah. the quickness. They made big plays. And I'll never forget Les telling me that, you know, he said it's almost looking at a mirror image of, of how we are on defense. They are on defense. I don't see that. Well, Auburn does have some NFL players on that defensive yeah. front four. Um, Derek Hall is a superstar. He's SEC um, player of the uh, defensive lineman or defensive player of the week, I think, last week. Last week. Yep. He's an edge player. Yeah. Um, Kobe Wooden's very good. Up front, Marcus Harris is a good player. Eku Leota is probably going to have a chance to get drafted. He's the other edge guy. So they've got um, some really talented uh, guys in their front four that can make plays, that can disrupt an offense, that can create turnovers and do those things. Uh, but they got a real problem at linebacker. Uh, that position is performing really poorly. Uh, run fits are bad. Uh, missed tackles are, are really bad. Uh, and then they've got some real – yeah, playmakers in the secondary. I mean, they've had um, a number of high draft picks at cornerback and uh, in the NFL draft for the last five or six years, and they got more of those guys back there now, but um, they're not really all playing together well. Uh, they've gotten worse under the new coordinator, in my opinion. They're not really communicating. They're not, um, you know, I think the play at linebackers hurting that group, but, um, you know, they're, they're good, but not great. And I think they should be better than they are than offensively. It's just a. It's uh, a mess. A, yeah, it's a big mess. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Matthews covers Auburn for Auburn Sports for Rivals.com. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.